0: Greetings, world. Thanks for joining me out here on Soul Mountain. Today, I'm super stoked to share this conversation with Rob Carney from Whole Health Connections. He's from the Boston, Massachusetts area. He is a Czech holistic lifestyle coach with a bachelor's in sustainable food and farming. And with his acquired wisdom, Rob teaches people the importance of the basics of healthy living and of growing your own food at home. He's the co-founder of Ice and Iron, which is a monthly gathering for people to come together as community through movement, breathwork, seeking discomfort, and ceremony. Rob shares his growing story as he journeys through his own mountains, finding his way into a life dedicated to his own health and wellness, as well as sharing about Whole Health Connection and it being a bridge for people to connect the dots and find their way as they navigate into their own healthy living, avoiding the many trials and errors of bullshit. We talk about getting back to the basics and how important a steady and available foundation of wellness is and how simple it can be to create these habits. He talks about the power of community and connection through his ice and iron gatherings. Rob also speaks to the powerful impacts of growing your own organic food at home. Rob really embodies his teaching and really makes it easy to understand how simple healthy living can be. I enjoyed this conversation so much really learned a lot about how to keep consistency and living healthy i'm so grateful for you to be here with me and i really hope you enjoy this episode. much love welcome brother welcome rob carney to summit soul mountain super stoked to uh have you on here man
1: thanks for having me bro anytime yeah. i have the opportunity to chat with another like-minded individual i'm all ears and you know seeing the the title of your podcast alone piqued my interest so glad to be here
0: cool man yeah i appreciate that summit to soul mountain is is from my heart it's something that uh something that every day i go out in the mountains this is another another quest to reach in my soul so um a little bit of background from what i know is that uh you're a Czech holistic life coach. Um, you created whole, con- um, whole health connections, which is, uh, a beautiful, I, I love that name too. Connecting, you know, health and, and the whole, the whole deal. That's, that's beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I kind of just, I think I came across you maybe a year and a half ago on Instagram and, uh, just really kind of saw what you're doing and opening conversation to you know the health community and and being there to to be the bridge um and that really resonated with me because that's been a big part of my journey is really just right now opening up and and hearing all the different ideas and all the different modalities and the different processes to to find my health so um I gotta say, I appreciate all the stuff that you've been putting out there and sharing.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a journey, <laughs> and that's really, like you said, you know, every time you go into the mountains, you find a new journey to overcome, and that's what being in business for yourself is like. Every single day, it's it's a journey. You know, it's easy to wake up and say, "Hey, you know, I'm not gonna do anything today. I, I don't have a boss breathing over my shoulder. I can do whatever I want." But we got to have that discipline and, and recognize that, Hey, I'm looking at this as a long-term it's not just about getting a short win here and there. Like all those little wins are cool, but looking at the big picture, like you said, it just comes down to connecting with more people, sharing the message, you know, being in my truth as best I can and sharing what I love. Cause at the end of the day, if, if I don't do what I love, I'm going to burn myself out and it's not going to last.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear that brother. Cool. Um, well, let's, uh, i'd love to to hear your story and um where you came from the the processes that really helped guide you to you know jump on this journey of of whole health and uh what led you to create whole health connections
1: sure man so for me i'm from boston massachusetts um some people can tell i have an accent some people don't it comes up more when i talk when i'm with other people from boston so maybe you can hear that in the podcast, maybe not, but I'm from the Boston area, born and raised here, um, you know, grew up middle class family and um, suburbs of Boston, like 12 miles south of Boston and Weymouth. And um, yeah, it was kind of normal childhood moved away from Weymouth at eight years old to the new town, Norwell. And that was, you know, a, an adjustment for me. I remember there was a lot of uh, anger that came up in that period. Um, which I think I suppressed for many years. And, um, but it was always into gardening. That was one thing that my grandmother and my mom always say, like kind of joke that I was the garden dictator, that anytime they get some new plants, I'd be the one that had to tell them where it could go, where it shouldn't go. And they said usually I was pretty good about choosing the right spot So that was maybe some sort of uh, inkling as to what would come later. But, um, you know, it, the real story for me in my journey started when I was 17. So I had a pretty bad concussion. That was my second concussion. Um, that was a freak accident water skiing. Basically, at that point, my ego was, you know, a 17-year-old dude, pretty big. And you know, I didn't want to look like a softie. Didn't want to look like a weak guy. So saw these giant waves coming along the water skis. And, and I remember thinking, oh, shit, like this is not going to be good. And instead of letting go like a smart person, my ego was like, "I'll oh, just push through it. Long story short, flipped over the waves, hit me under my eye. My skis hit me under my eye, knocked me on the water. Um, and then it was about five and a half months before I could do any sort of physical activity again without getting dizzy or lightheaded. Like I could walk and like go through normal life. It's not like I was crippled, but just like couldn't turn around fast. or would get lightheaded, dizzy, sensitive to lights, all these concussive symptoms. You know, went to all these doctors, these specialists um, gave me pills and patches and all these things that I just figured there's got to be a better way than this this is this is not working so somewhere along the line someone introduced me to yoga i was like oh you ever tried yoga that was the only activity i could do that wouldn't cause these symptoms that was so movement at that point i was a state swimmer you know played lacrosse so movement was a big part of of my lifestyle you know kind of my identity so you know walking into these yoga rooms of the ymca the only dude you know let alone the only guy who's 17 most of them like middle-aged women and um, ended up being the first guy to join the University of New Hampshire Yoga Club, where I went to school for my first few years. And, and all these gals were like, hey, you know, this is yoga, right? Like, are you in the wrong mm-hmm. place? Like, are you are trying to find the other place? No, this is where I'm trying to go. And um, had this lady from India um, who had been studying man, meditation and spirituality for, I think it was like 30 or 40 years. She was this little old lady who came in as a guest teacher one time and led us through a guide guided meditation you know i'd done my fair share of cannabis and mushrooms at that point this is freshman year of college and so this to me and i was in the air force rtc at this point and this to me is like whoa my brain is changing ways i didn't even know it could and i was like this is like me getting high without having to do any sort of you know drugs and you know i wouldn't call them drugs now by the time i called them drugs so it was like without doing any sort of drugs i can get you know change my brain so that was like this whole rabbit hole then really started diving into psychology holistic nutrition like all these different avenues reiki massage acupuncture chiropractics so basically over the next five or six years i either worked for worked with interns worked at like any way i could get in the world worked at a juice bar worked at acupuncture and massage clinic intern for a whole two holistic nutritionist basically anybody that would be able to feed me information just became a sponge and so my uh, junior year I ended up transferring from unh to university of massachusetts amherst um, where my degree shifted to uh, sustainable food and farming and that was one of my last courses i took at unh was a course called eco gastronomy That's a study of food and food systems and basically opened my eyes to the fact that hey there is a whole nother layer of health beneath the ground that we are never talking about nobody talks about soil health nobody talks about microbes you know worms and nematodes and all these different things under the soil because i go to the grocery store and see a piece of lettuce this pale yellow looking thing next to a dark one and i was like what's the difference here because we say oh you know every piece of lettuce has this amount of vitamin c this amount of vitamin a and I was looking at these things like there's no way that every piece of lettuce is the same. So, you know, then coming to soil science, start so studying all these little pieces at, at U- UMass. And um, so that really just shaped my way of looking at things. I was like, hey, you know, we can have two pieces of lettuce. And they're going to be very different depending on the soil they're grown in, the water they're given, you know, the air quality around them. So just really connecting all these dots. And I graduated 2016 and in 2017, um, one of my best friends from college was Sri Lankan. he was born and raised there, came to the States for college. And uh, we'd always joked like, Hey, maybe one day, you know, it'd be cool if I went over to to Sri Lanka and stay with your family. And then 2017 and we were just like, yo, we should actually do that. And so I ended up going to Sri Lanka, living there for about two months. Um, middle of nowhere Sri Lanka. This is not touristy area We're working on his tea farm. I was teaching English at the school. A lot of the people never seen a white person before. And I'm six foot one, blonde hair, blue eyes. So I stick out like a sore thumb and, you know, this land of uh dark skinned and dark haired, dark eyed people. Um, so really had to learn to communicate with a lot of these people without the use of a common language. You know, the vast majority of them didn't speak a lick of English. Um, and it really gave me an opportunity to have a perspective of being a minority, which is something again, as a, a white guy in America, is not something we typically experience. And traffic would stop if I was on the you know walking down the street, if I was in the car, we were at a, a light, traffic would stop and stare at me and like point and be like, yo, what is he? Why is he here? And so that was a really humbling experience for me. And you know, it felt like I was there for years, not just the couple months. Then went to other parts of Asia, Thailand, did a silent meditation retreat, Malaysia, Philippines, all these other areas. Um, and came back. And um remember very distinctly landing in JFK Airport in New York. Um, that was the first like American airport I've been on in many months, and just hearing everybody complaining. And everybody just like, oh, my flight's 10 minutes. Like, oh, they just like complain about things that didn't matter. And this is my first time hearing massive amounts of English in forever. And I'm realizing like, wow, all these problems that people are complaining about, if they saw what I just saw, where people can barely put food on the table, they don't have running water, you know, they don't have toilets in their home, like all these type of things like they would not be complaining their flight is 10 minutes late. And it made me realize I was probably doing the same exact thing just months ago before I left complaining about minutia that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So that was, you know, a really fundamental shift. And I had a hard time readjusting to, you know, the real world of America and end up working on a, this would be my third farm. I worked on after I got back from Asia, just cause I couldn't get a real job. I couldn't just like go back to my quote-unquote normal life after that. Um, then worked there for a few months and end up moving out to LA in a very end of 2017, December or right after Christmas. And I uh, worked out there with a startup company in the medical device industry, which is a really cool preventative screening tool, you know, $50,000 piece of equipment, talk to all these functional doctors at all these trade shows, you know, learn from some of the best doctors in the world and that was really cool to see that perspective but that company didn't quite start up there's a little bit of corruption and when there's 11 people in the company there's five owners and two of the owners doing some shady shit um things go downhill so moved back to boston in uh, september 2018 with 10 grand in credit card debt and said you know i'm done with this you know i'm not i'm not living other people's dreams anymore i'm starting my own I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, I used to, you know, landscape, you know, sell weeds, sell Pokemon cards, basically anything I could to not have a regular job. And um, so, yeah, started Whole Health Connections, which was basically originally um, referring people to these different practitioners and products i would used over these, you know, at this point, seven or so years of just experimenting. And so... That quickly evolved, um, realizing that, hey, you know, maybe I should be the practitioner because me spending all this time in front of other people is cool. But, you know, it wasn't a lot of money in terms of cost per hour. I figured I was going like, to end up being like six dollars an hour when I calculated how long it took for the referral. So that's the, the long story of where I'm at. And now, you know, it's really focusing on teaching people wellness, you know, having them embody wellness and teaching them how to grow their own food really maintain their their plants in their life and finding a balance using gardening as a spiritual practice and using gardening for wellness and making health simple, you know, I think that we overcomplicate things, but getting people back to the basics of what really creates a healthy, happy individual.
0: Beautiful. That's, uh, that's quite the journey, you know, And it's interesting, too, because, you know, I'm sure throughout that time, you didn't realize that a lot of those things that you were experiencing and going through is going to lead to where you're at now. You know, I think nobody, you know, looking back in hindsight, you never are you looking in hindsight, you you can see that they all lead a direction and stuff and put you right where you need to be. But in those moments, you're just, you know, sometimes you don't realize where they're, where they're going or, or what they're going to lead to and stuff, but hundred um, percent, yeah, that's cool. And, and especially, you know, going to Sri Lanka, like that's, I, I went down to Peru a few years back and it was kind of similar. It was just like, so opening. And so just shifting in, in perspective to, to get outside of what I think is life everywhere on the world. And to realize that, wow, this is my, my own bubble is not, not what it is. Um, so that's cool. Cause and, and with whole health connections, yeah, a lot of people just don't, don't know where to start or don't know how to start. And, um, so that's really awesome that you, you decided to, to be that bridge because people need yeah, that. Man.
1: Yeah, and I think that that was something that was frustrating me, and I forget which which book I read that basically said most most businesses come out of a frustration that they're trying to solve the problem of. And for me, it was people reaching out to me and be like, "Oh, you know, I want to get healthy, but I don't know where to start. Oh, you know, I want to try these different supplements, but I don't know which ones are good." And then I see people spend all these money on garbage supplements. I see them, you know, hopping on the latest trend, and it's like, my friends, it doesn't have to be all that complicated like stick to the basics. And that's one thing I love about the check system is we talk about the six foundation principles of wellness. So moving, thinking, breathing, nutrition, hydration, sleep. If you can even master the very bare minimum of those six, you're going to be healthier than the average person. If you move well, you breathe well, you think well, you drink good water, you sleep enough, you have good nutrition you're going to be healthy. You know, the other things are going to come into place, but we can get so caught up. Oh, what's the best diet? Well, it's different for every single person. And anybody who's telling you it's one thing, there that's that's dogma. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. I was in a place where I thought, you know, plant-based was the way to go based on the science. When, when you dig a little bit deeper and then look at other sources, it's like, yeah, it's great for some people, but it's not great for everybody. Everybody's a little bit different. And, you know, so, I think it's important to recognize that if we can stick to the basics that's where health comes from you know hippocrates said walking is a man's best medicine we can talk about all the fancy workouts we can do crossfit we can do mma we can do you know all these fancy things we can lift weights we can do you know rowing we can swim all but if you just walk 15 minutes more a day than you are right now you're going to see some results And that's not just a physical result. You're going to see, oh, I'm breathing more. Oh, you know, my head is getting cleared more. I'm reducing stress. So it's all connected. And that's the big message is that when you make one tiny, seemingly tiny change in your life, it's going to affect every other aspect of your life. So, yeah, I think it just came from a frustration to me being like, it should not be this difficult to get healthier. So how can I bridge that gap to make this accessible to people? And that's where, you know, having free content is a great tool. You know, the internet is amazing. You know, YouTube university, you can get a freaking PhD in whatever you want to just by watching videos and all that. So yeah, that's my goal. Keep it simple and make it accessible to people as best I can.
0: Cool. Yeah. And like, I just, I think about a house a lot when, when I think about the basics and, and realizing how important the foundation of the house is, yes. you, know, you can have this giant, beautiful structure. And, and, you know, with all these different kinds of stones and, you know, different rooms and stuff. But if the foundation isn't strong in the ground and, you know, the soil is just sandy and stuff, then, you know, 10 years is going to go by and the house is going to crumble down. You know and it's so yeah building building the foundation having a strong foundation of just the basic stuff is is so important and that's something that i've learned too it's like yeah you see all the trends of you want to look a certain way and you you know you see people and how they're getting there and stuff and you just see their immediate you know experiences but you don't recognize what people do you know prior and the the basics that they that they Build off of to, you know, to get there.
1: 100%. And I think that's important to note that, you know, I had to rebuild my foundation. When I lived in LA in 2018, you know, I got kind of caught up in some of that stuff too. And, you know, just when you're surrounded by that, I mean, it's a freaking mm. rat race out there. And I don't know if you've ever been to LA, but it's a rat race. Mm. And, you know, I put on a lot of weight was in terms of muscle. I was bulking. Like my intention was to get bulky. Cause you know, a lot of people there are jacked. And it's like, you know, I don't wanna just be the only skinny dude walking around LA here, going to the gym, be the smallest guy in the gym, put on like 25 pounds in like four months. And just like never done that before. I was always a lean guy, but pushed too hard end up tearing a muscle in my back. And then the past like two and a half years you know, or two years since then the past year, it's re- like two years of just recovery. Mm-hmm. And now the past year has been b- rebuilding my foundation. And that's something that my ego is like, I lost all that weight and some. So then I got to my lowest point about a year ago. I was 154 pounds. Just, I can't even remember last time it was 154, 154 pounds. And then just committed like, Hey, I'm I'm not doing this. Like I'm not going any, any lower. I'm only going up from here. And then a year later, this is a, about a month and a half or so ago, I weighed myself again in 172. So put been like 18 pounds in a year. And so it just made me realize, Hey, I had to rebuild that foundation. I had to rebuild my stability my shoulder mobility, all these little micro muscles that if I just go to back to the gym, I'm going to injure myself. So I think it's also important to note that it's not just, we build a foundation once and we're set. We constantly have to go back and check the foundation. Hey, are there any holes in here? Hey, are there any mice getting in the the cracks in my foundation? Like, where can I stabilize this further? Because our lives are so complex that, you know, I think that we often think that life is linear. You know, it's like, oh, like I'm here, I'm in point A, now eventually I'm going to get to point B, just going this straight line. But it's not the case for most people. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, what I love about what you talk about Mm -hmm. and going in the mountains is, you know, anytime we connect with nature, we recognize life is not linear at all. I mean, just the changing seasons as we're recording this, we're in the transition of fall and after fall is going to be winter and then winter is going to be spring and then summer. And then we're back to fall. It's a cycle. So it's not like we, we build a foundation and it's like, all right, cool. Let me just build up the rest of forever Yeah. You're going to build up, but you can't forget to check back at that foundation and kind of go through those cycles. And yeah, I think it's important to, to find that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like, thinking about the linear action of
0: what people think life is, is you think you just have to keep pushing and keep going, you know, constantly take a step and stuff and people just forget and don't even realize how important not taking a step is and resting and giving your body time to like sit with what you just did and, you know, recover things and and go through the process of, of rejuvenating and how, that is really another step forward you know right and, um yeah again that just goes back to, back to the basics of you know and listening to your body and 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 knowing what what your body needs in, in those times
1: 100% um
0: so with that like what are um what are some of the like non-negotiables that you go through you know every day whether it's waking up or or midday or before you go to sleep, those, you know, top three things that you you gotta do, that's the biggest, biggest to your health.
1: Well, I'd say number one is definitely walking. Um, especially, you know, running my own business. A lot of it, for better or for worse, is online. So I do spend a decent amount of time on the computer, on my phone, which is not ideal. Um, it's definitely a stepping stone. And I'm in the process of outsourcing certain aspects of these um, computer-based tasks that are very time-consuming and you know necessary for the business, but definitely are not you know money-making activities or bringing me joy. So learning to outsource that and let go of that control. I'm a very Type A person, so I like to have everything perfect and done right, and so that can come with control at times. So learning to release that control. Um, so that comes down to balance, and for me, walking is definitely number one. Every morning, I get up, you know, brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, drink some water, go for a walk. Walking early in the day, doesn't matter if it's raining, doesn't matter if it's snowing. The excuses come up. The the resistance is always there when it's cold, when it's wet, whatever, but just getting up and walking and that walk could be 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Some days it's 45 minutes. It depends on, you know, what time is my first call this morning. My first call was at 830. You know, by the time I was ready to go this morning, it was 730. So like, hey, you know, I want to make sure I have time to prepare and, you know, do all these type of things. So it was a shorter walk this morning, like 20 minutes. Still great. So walking is definitely number one. Uh, Number two is cold showers or cold therapy in general. Anytime I'm feeling any sort of negativity, anxiety, any sort of unfavorable emotion, Cold shower is just going <laughs> to instantly flip. It's changing your chemistry very quickly. I think it's the closest thing to me to have to a quick fix in the world of holistic health because most things that are quick fixes usually come in the form of a pill. But I think that a cold shower is the closest thing. It's blasting you with cold that is waking your body up, firing, waking your cells up. So cold therapy, you know, ice bath is preferred um, than a cold shower. I think you get, I think there's just more benefits when you're soaking in and have your whole body exposed but you know everybody has access to a shower for the most point. so cold showers are great and then i think if i had to pick a third those are definitely my one and two hands down um and then i have some other ones that really cycle in and out but i think it just comes down to creating space and stillness for myself and solitude um, which can come in many forms i can come Mm -hmm. in the form of journaling that can come in the form of going out to my garden, just basically being doing an active meditation of sorts where I'm being present, disconnected from technology is really my main focus throughout the day is where can I disconnect from technology as best I can. When I go for my walk, my phone doesn't come with me. When I go in the garden, my phone doesn't come with me. If I'm stretching, you know, maybe I'm listening to an audio book, but like it's on airplane mode. Mm-hmm. So how can I disconnect and just go inward more? because it's so easy to be addicted to these screens and all the dopamine hits of getting a like or getting a new follower, getting a new message, a new email. Like we're just, if if my phone's on do not disturb, I would never do anything else because it's just notification, 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 which is a good challenge to have. It means that things are happening. But I think that, again, I'm kind of rambling here, but I think on that note of batching things together has been very helpful for me that right now, I check Instagram every day around 11am. I try not to check in the morning. And then again, you know, sometime later in the afternoon, in terms of messages and all that type of stuff, because, again, I could be on there all day if I wanted mm-hmm. to. So give myself the space to disconnect from technology and just be fully present. In addition to walking in cold showers, I say are my my big three.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, it seems like, you know, like you said, walking can be a meditation and cold yes. showers and ice baths can be a meditation too and and really taking those those moments to be present like re- regardless of what you're doing you know presence is is such a teacher to you know go inward and to to recognize what's important externally and stuff taking taking those breaks and and just taking um taking a you know couple breaths You know before you before you do something um yeah i I think those are all three powerful powerful tools to and so easy again so simple to just go for a walk and you know um
1: well ryan one thing on that a, a big key piece of why i choose those things as well is because one i can do them just about anywhere I don't need to be in my home to go for a walk or take a cold shower um you know disconnect from technology these are things that can be done anywhere and they're all basically free i mean yeah maybe you're paying 30 cents for your shower on your water bill but like for the most part these things are free and that's something again coming back to the basics we can get so caught up in all these fancy things all the fancy things are great you know getting a massage for 100 bucks for the hour is fantastic i do that every six to eight weeks but you know, not everybody can rationalize spending that. So I, I try to look for the free things first because oftentimes the free things are the most effective. And you mentioned the breath as well. You know, that's something I don't really talk about as much as I should because I feel like it's such a part of me now that by simply shifting our breath, I'm doing that every opportunity I said, every, every opportunity I can. And like you said, anytime before we're changing activities, taking a moment to just take a couple deep breaths can absolutely change everything cuz then you're creating a distinction between hey i just finished something i'm about to start something else instead of just getting in this freaking tumbleweed of just blowing around with everything is like hey i just did that <sighs> cool that was great all right now I'm about to do this <sighs> all right and now you've made a distinction you made a stop and a start to transition to something new, instead of taking that maybe baggage, maybe negative energy from a past task, you're letting that go saying, Hey, that's done. I'm starting something new. Let me clean my slate and go into that fully present. And I think that can make a big difference. And that's all those things are free.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's huge. The, the free is, you know, yeah, again, people look for especially in a world, you know, in society that's based off of, you know, or largely based off around money, you know, you think you got to spend money to, to get some sort of results or get something out of it, or at least that's the paradigm that that I've been, you know, sitting with for, for a while and yeah, coming, coming together and, and finding out that powerful things don't need to cost money and, and can be accessible wherever you are is is super powerful and beneficial. Um, with uh, with ice and iron, that that's something that I I find really interesting. Just those two together are you know kind of opposites in, in ways and stuff. And uh, and you know ice is it goes back to your you know the ice baths and cold showers and and those benefits. And then iron is you know really pushing it and stuff and and doing that. Um what's what's the mission and what is ice and iron all about?
1: Yeah. So ice and iron started about right around two years ago, around this point. Um myself and two of my at that point, fairly new friends, which is crazy to even say that a lot. It feels like we've been best friends forever. But we came together. We are three like-minded people in the Boston area, all trained at the Czech Institute, um, referred to each other by a mutual friend. Because um, I didn't even know there were other Czech practitioners in the Boston area, so I find out through a friend Zavi. He was like, "Yo, I got these guys, Ed and Jordan, on Boston." Then I met another Czech class. Now you should check them out. Say what's up. So we got together. And, you know, we just started hanging out and started doing things together and realizing, hey, some of the stuff we do that other people think is freaking weird is actually pretty beneficial for our health. And um, we're not the only ones doing it because you guys like to do it too. Cool. Nice. We both like some different things. And then we said, hey, what can we create? You know, what can we do something that's going to make an impact? How can we bring more like-minded people together? How can we attract what people are doing out in California and down in Florida, Arizona, even place in Colorado where people are doing these wellness retreats. People are getting these groups of people together. You know, Troy Casey is a great friend and mentor of mine. And I'm just talking to him yesterday and and just, you know, he, he does like his man clan, you know, there's all these different uh, groups going on for wellness. And so we're saying, all right, how can we come about that? And so You know, we did a lot of ice baths together. Ed at his place had an ice tub. Now we have four ice tubs, but we started off with one. And it was like, hey, you know, we like doing ice tubs. Okay, cool. Uh, We also like lifting weights and, you know, having fun playing with the mace and, you know, doing all these things, breath work. And basically kind of took all these pieces and used things like the Wim Hof method. He talks about, you know, breath work and ice. And it's like, all right, well, that's cool, but I think we could add a little bit more flair to that. And basically, it came down to some of our favorite activities that we find can be beneficial for ourselves. And we opened up to some of our friends like, hey, would you guys be interested in trying this out? There was a resounding yes. Then we opened it up to the public. Hey, you know, if you guys want to come down, you know, for a pretty affordable price, you know, come on down. We're going to have these like half day retreats. So basically, you know, a typical day at Iron. people show up around 1045 a.m., um, we close around two thirty or three, so you know it's like a half day retreat. It's a few hours, and uh, we start off circle up, set intentions. You know, have everybody kind of share, introduce themselves, and we're going to about ten minutes or so of tai chi, qigong, just moving and breathing, connecting the body with the movements and the breath. And then we have our fitness playground, which is a big part of what we want to do is incorporate play. Because most of us adults don't play anymore. And I used to lead an after-school program and just watching kids. Play. I would love to play with the kids. like playing soccer, you know, playing just silly games that, you know, as an adult, like, oh, I can't believe that they think this is fun. But, hey, they're using their imagination. So how can we incorporate play? So basically we have a fitness playground. We have punching bags. We have rock stacking. We have, you know, um, gymnastic rings. We have maces, clubs, kettlebells, kegs, just like tires. Like anything you can think of is just there to play. So how can we incorporate adult play? So then we have like a forty-five hour hour workout play session, whatever you want to call it. Then we go into breath work, usually about forty-five minutes an hour deep breathing, really charging the body. We've heated it up with the exercise. And now we're putting fuel on the fire with the breath work. Then after that, we go into ice or sauna, whatever people want to do first. Doesn't matter, you know. Benefits to both. So, and then we come back, we circle up, you know, kind of reconnect go over the day and that's it. And that's really what an ice and ice, and they're all simple things. <laughs> again, we're moving and breathing, we're working out, we're breathing again, and then we're getting an ice or hot and cold therapy. So it's pretty simple things, but we find they can be incredibly transformative because a lot of these things like the ice in particular, people get afraid of that. People get very intimidated by ice because most of us are in our heated homes, we're wearing all these layers all the time, which is great. That's a great benefit, we can stay warm without a lot of effort. But once people realize, wait, I can actually not only get in the ice, but actually stay in here for a couple minutes, just by using my breath and harnessing my mind. We've had people say it's the most transformational experience of their life. We've had people who came from recovery you know, when all the shit shut down in 2020, who were in AA and all these other recovery sites, who didn't have a community anymore, which, you know, that's a whole other rant to go on how bullshit that is. But um, just like having people come to us and be like, if I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have this, like this is now their equivalent of AA because it's, you know, getting them with community. It's, it's focusing on health and wellness principles. It's focusing on becoming better instead of dwelling on the past so we've had so many we have a lot of health practitioners come through so we've had so many diverse people but just hearing the stories they share of how it's changed their perspective changed their lives like man like every every time we have that closing circle i get emotional just like it's like fuck, man like this is real like this is really making change and you know sometimes it doesn't feel like that because you know, we're not really pulling in money from we're more just kind of breaking even and but the money's not really the intention. Sometimes it's work, you know, it's a nine hour workday for us to set up to, you know, close down, but it's always worth it. And we're, you know, expanding that. We did our first men's retreat in Vermont for five days in July. We're going to have another one in the winter. And yeah, our, our motto is just keep it going, keep it going. That's the motto. So keeping it going and keeping it growing.
0: Cool. Yeah. There's a, a few things that like i really liked how you mentioned the playfulness of it you know and cuz people think you know maybe after you graduate high school or you hit a certain age you're an adult now you're no longer a kid and and that takes out the the idea that playfulness is you know not not acceptable or you got to put th- put the playfulness aside and just do the work We take life too seriously. (laughs) Yeah. And those things don't need to be mutually exclusive. You can have fun, play around while doing the work. And, and it makes you want to do the work even more when when you know you can have fun. And then, you know, it seems like you're, you're really creating a powerful community by doing this. And, um, and I think I heard you say it in one of your your podcast when i was listening to the other day and it was uh like you you said community is immunity and i was just like that that was just powerful those three words you know um so like what what is your take on community you know creating community and the and the benefits to to health because for me i since i love going to the mountains a lot of times it's Going in the mountains by myself and solitude and stuff, which is very beneficial, you know, like you're saying, taking taking the time to be by yourself and sit with yourself. But as I'm really realizing, that's only one side of the coin and having community is is so powerful.
1: Yeah. So um the idea of immunity boost or community boosts immunity, that's a Dr. Shiva quote. So I can't take credit for that. <laughs> it's a great one. But um yeah, I mean. It, if we can go to the science level that hey if you're being in contact with all these people and you're being exposed to their bacteria all these things which we again, you know, when we live in the germ theory paradigm we think that all little critters are bad for us but in fact we are more bacteria than we are human cells so when we take that perspective hey if i come in contact with a bunch of people we're hugging we're shaking hands you're doing all these things and then yeah, I'm probably not going to be washing my hands every two seconds every time I shake somebody's hand. Yeah, maybe my hand touches my face or touches my mouth. Cool. Now I've got some some bacteria. Maybe they're good ones or maybe they're bad ones that are giving my cells a workout. So I was like, "Oh, we got to fight those off. Those are invaders. That's what our immune system's for." So anytime we're surrounded by people, we can go into like the bacterial level. We can go to all these different avenues. But I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to being surrounded by people that lift us up in a world where we're being broadcasted news that is the world is ending every single day like if you turn the news you think that we're in the freaking apocalypse but then when you actually go into the real world and turn off the TV it's like whoa this actually isn't so bad you know there's actually some cool people here so when i'm surrounded by these like-minded people again these these 9-hour days go by like in a flash like i was saying to one of my friends yesterday and we cuz we just had the last event 2 days ago it's like, man, like that. That's a work day. Like that's an eight. That's if I'm talking about an eight or nine hour workday. That's what I want to be doing. I don't want to be at a desk. I want to be moving around, talking to people, teaching people things about wellness. You know, breathing, doing all these cool things. And I just think that when we're surrounded by a community, whether it's an online community or in person, and that's a big focus of mine as well. You know, within the wellness, within the gardening, is like creating community. So, you know, I have an online community with my Imperium team, you know, we're really focusing on helping people transform their health and their wealth, you know, how can, because, you know, those are the two biggest issues. If you talk to any American, you know, what's the biggest challenge, either their health or their wealth. So, you know, we're looking to create a solution for that. We're creating a lot of solutions for that, helping a lot of people, because not everybody has these local communities. And that's cool. You know, we got people in West Virginia, we got people in California, people in Florida, people in Maine, like wherever you are, you can come together together. In this online community mm. and i think that just like i was saying earlier when i first met ed and jordan it's like wait actually what we do isn't that weird it's just different and when we're surrounded by these people that are doing similar things one it motivates us to take it to the next level because like when i talk to my friend and mentor troy casey when i see what he's doing if i'm feeling complacent it's like man like he's doing that like shit i can do that too and he's, he, he'll tell me, like, yo, like, keep going, like, yada, 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 just giving that motivation. So it's like being connected with other people on a similar wavelength, whose intention is to get better and help people. Like, those are the type of people I want to get around, because that inspires me to be better. That helps me help them to be better. They help me to be better. And it's this revolving door of a symbiotic relationship where now we're creating this ecosystem that's detached from the mainstream to some degree, you know, where the mainstream is telling us the world is falling, we're saying, Hey, you know, you guys can live in that reality. But the reality we're creating is that we actually have the utmost opportunity to do basically anything we want to and actually help people get healthier, happier, and have more freedom along the way. So I could go on and on about community. I think it's uh, something that we need now more so than ever. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can agree with that you know, especially with, with all the isolation in the past two years, you know, that it's just creating more fear that, yeah, if you go out and find a community, then, you know, something bad is going to come from it, or you're going to get sick yourself or, you know, harm somebody else from doing it, which in reality is, is not the case. And you're just really going to help your body and help your mind more. Um, And, uh, For like community is so powerful in the aspect to help motivate you from seeing what other people are doing and, and then knowing that what you're doing isn't weird, you know, or it's like, or just normalizing what you think is weird. Um, when it comes to like your own mindset to stay motivated and, and stuff like when, doubts come in and you're feeling, you know, I guess kind of small or um, you know, not motivated to to do your own work and stuff. Community is a great thing, but how do you handle like your own doubtful mindset on like a personal level?
1: I mean, the doubtful mind is always going to be there. The more successful people that I have the privilege to talk to, they tell they tell me it never goes away. You just learn to you know, keep it in a corner rather than letting it be the orchestrator of your life. So recognizing that a little doubting mind, you know, some call the ego, some call, you know, whatever, whatever label, it's there to protect us because our brain and our body wants to stay inherently where it's comfortable. Because you think of, you know, way back when in our survival days, like, well, if there's going to be a war tomorrow, why would I want to go work out and be sore if there's going to be a war tomorrow? you kind of were always living on edge. It was like, hey, don't exert more energy than you need to but now that world doesn't exist for most human beings on this planet now the war is the boss now the war is the news the traffic all these you know sympathetic nervous system stimulators that are putting us in that fight or flight mode so i think recognizing that like hey that voice is always going to be there and that's okay and there's days that sometimes it starts to take up too much real estate in my head and then i find myself getting into that scarcity mode getting into that I'm an idiot. Why am I like, am I doing the right thing? Like those, those negative thought patterns that still come up. So what I do my best to do is when I see that I used to just be, ah, now whatever, just push through, push through, push through. Now I do my best to give myself space. Mm -hmm. I do myself. I give myself the opportunity to step away from the thing that is causing the stress. First of all, which Seems like a such a simple response, but oftentimes we try to push through that stressful situation more and thinking that's going to make things better. Usually it doesn't. Sometimes it does. So on days like that, you know, I had one of those days a few weeks ago. So I said, hey, I'm not being productive today. I'm getting pissed off myself, getting pissed off the technology. Everything is just pissing me off right now. So me trying to push through that is only going to make me more pissed off. It's only going to make me get more angry at myself. So the best thing I can do is just say, hey, I'm gonna stop doing this. I'm gonna go in this case. I went for a hike. I'm gonna leave my phone in the car, go for a hike, just barefoot, get out in nature. I'll, I'll see you in like I'll see you in an hour and a half. Like I'll be back. Like it's a pretty short hike. It's like 45 minutes up, 45 minutes down, which is a nice quick hike. So mm-hmm. come back. All right, how am I feeling? Oh, cool. Well, still feeling a little like don't feel like working. Okay, great. And I'm going to make a good meal. You know, I'm just going to keep doing things that nourish my body without needing to be tapped into the digital world or tapped into work. And that's definitely a privilege that I am able to work on my own schedule, that I can honor those periods where I don't feel great, that I can say, hey, I'm going to take this day off or take a half a day off or take three hours off. That's something that I've built over the past three years. So for anybody who's listening that has, a nine to five job. And you say, Hey, well, that's cool, Rob, but I can't do that. Okay. So maybe you get home from your job at five o'clock and instead of, you know, going to watch TV or going to the bar or doing like whatever your typical evening routine is, do something different. Then you still have a few hours then, or maybe on the weekend, instead of, you know, getting drunk and watching the, the sports games all Sunday, watching football all Sunday, getting drunk, maybe take that day off to go for a hike to do something else. And I think that it's easy to say. I don't have time. Oh, I don't have your schedule. Oh, I can't do that because I'm not in your shoes. And well, first of all, you can if you're patient, persistent and consistent. And this took me three years to get to the point where I'm just now starting to figure it out. Like I feel like the first three years just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I feel like the past few months is really coming into that clarity of a guy. So this is what I'm going to focus on. This is what I do when I'm in this situation. So in this world of instant gratification, recognizing that Things take time. That voice is going to keep coming up, but you just have to keep recognizing, hey, it's going to be there. And instead of letting it consume you, saying, "Hey, little voice, I see you. I see what you're trying to do, but I'm not going to let you do it today." Or if it's already in there and it's taking over, say, "All right, you got me. You got you got me. I, you won. I'm going to go disconnect. I'm going to go recharge myself, and I'm going to be ready for you next time." So there's no, I don't think there's a short, easy one size fits all skeleton key for the the challenging the self-deprecating voice in that head is to recognize it's always going to be there and that's okay. We just got to learn to work with it. And you know when it comes up you know tell it hey go back in your corner or if it's already there say hey you got me now I'm going to reset and recharge myself.
0: I think that right there the the you know acknowledging that some days you can push it off back to the side and you know discipline and say i'm gonna go through this it's you know not quite there but really recognizing that it's okay to let go and be like all right you won you you know like that's that's a huge thing it's like especially with like kind of like the toxic masculinity in the world and stuff thinking that like men you know being a man you can't allow yourself to to let yourself feel certain things, or if you do, then you're kind of shrinking down or, or going backwards. That I think is, that's, that's a powerful takeaway from that is to, to know that, you know, you're allowed to feel those things and, and to, to have those, to let yourself have that space.
1: Um. Totally. Well, another thing on that topic of toxic masculinity, I think that's a term that gets thrown along or thrown around a lot and in my perspective it's really a lack of masculinity it's a lack of true masculinity when you look at our so-called leaders and i'm putting that in air quotes most of these people are not good role models of what masculinity is so i think when we look at these so-called leaders which are most of them are just politicians who are you know the current leaders of our world which is funny how we've gone to that point that politicians are role models for people but when we look at that perspective it's like hey It's not so much that toxic masculinity is the issue. It's the fact that we just don't have good male role models. Most of these guys are, you know, sleazy doing shit behind the scenes. They're very unhealthy. They'll do anything for a quick buck, you know. So I think it really comes down to like people like us need to say, hey, I recognize that. And I get why people think that there's this whole toxic masculinity thing going on. It's not that we need less masculinity because that's what got us here in the first place. These guys aren't being, you know, true masculine men. They're not standing up, taking care of their tribe. All these traditional traits of a masculine man who was a protector, who was a leader, who was a giver, who was, you know, a father. All these type of positive traits. So we just need more of that, and a lot of that just comes from continuing to walk the walk and do the things that are difficult. You know, not taking the easy route. That's what a lot of these people do. Hey, take these. I don't want to deal with that. Let me just throw some money at it. take care of itself so i think it comes down to we just got to keep showing up as truly authentic men do our part because we live in a patriarchal society and you can say that's for better for worse but it's the world we currently live in so if that's what we're living in as men we have responsibility to be good examples of masculine energy be good examples of what it means to be a healthy happy man so i think it's uh it's responsibility, but it's also a great opportunity to show show the truth and let the truth shine through.
0: Mm. Yeah, I hear that. That's yeah. Again, you know, knowing knowing the truth, and you know, just knowing what what stands true for you, and and like taking a line to action to you know to to stay in that that position to like do the work that you need to do when you need to do it. And then let yourself feel the things that you need to feel when, when you need to feel them. Um, cause that's, I think that's acknowledging. That is yeah. Again, super powerful masculinity, knowing that when you can feel things is, is stepping into power too. Um, well, let's, uh, shift a, a little bit of perspective here and topic. Um, since you know one of your passions is gardening and and stuff I'd love to you know talk a little bit about that and I know one of your um you know big things and is you know creating a garden for me like growing up in Michigan having a little garden was you know more of just like a a hobby in ways you know people don't really think of it as you know something that can be more than that and like a, a suburban lifestyle and stuff like that and not having the land to have like a whole plot and a whole you know system um so like creating a being able to create a garden or whatever you can in like a smaller space um like can you talk a little bit about that and how to you know how somebody can start to you know, just incorporate, you know, the little bits and and start to develop that connection and relationship.
1: 100%. So I think it's important to recognize that anytime somebody says, I don't have space to grow food, it's more that they're not prioritizing the growing food with their space. Just like anything, I don't have time to exercise. Well, you do you could probably cut out that one hour TV week, and even if you only work out for an hour a week, hey, now you worked on an hour a week versus zero. So, same thing. We we tend to put up these limitations wherever it's convenient for us, wherever we can take the easier route out. Again, the path least resistance, that's that's fine. Our brain is wired that way to some degree. But now that we're aware of that, it's like all right, cool. So um, I don't have space to grow any food. Well, what about that sunny window sill you got in your? on your deck. Oh, I don't like the way it looks there. Again, another excuse. Oh, there's always something that we can make up. So if you have a sunny windowsill, you have a spot to grow food. And that could just be having a basil plant and oregano and uh, cilantro. Maybe that's it. Okay, well, that's better than nothing. Now you're not going to the store to buy those herbs. Yeah, maybe that saves you a few bucks. Maybe you get to have the spiritual experience of, you know, taking care of a living being, learning its body language, watering it every day, making sure it's getting the proper sunlight, making sure it's got the proper soil, all these other little aspects. So if you just have a windowsill, right there, everybody has a windowsill. Whether it's in the sun or not, it's a different story. You can get grow lights, you know, LED grow lights. I think the sun is always best, but the sun is also predictable. Sometimes we go days without sunlight here. In the winter, there's no sunlight. So I have an indoor grow set up that I've basically got a storage rack and for anybody listening, I mean, you can see her there in the live, but I got that going on. So, so it's like we, and that's just start getting started because I'm still growing outside. So if you have anything, you can grow, you have a windowsill, you have a little corner in your house. If you have any outdoor space, a lot of us say, Hey, I don't have space. And then they have this half an acre lawn. It's like, so what you're saying again, is that you prioritize a lawn over your garden and that's totally cool. I'm not telling anybody what they should do or they're blaming or shaming anybody. It's like, Hey, just recognize if you say you don't have space, you probably do have space. You're just not prioritizing that. So with all that being said, you know, I have a free ebook called yes, you can grow your own food, which is basically going over the very basics and people can find that on my website. But it's just talking about soil, you know, water, light, all that basic stuff so you know that's a great free resource it's i think it's like 13 pages very short easy read um so that's a great place for people to start and again giving up free information i don't think it should be all that crazy expensive for people to figure out how to grow their own food and of course then there's other layers that we go a little bit more in depth um but i think the basics should be free at the very least so you know with that all that being said is just start with something mm-hmm. and if you say hey i can't afford to put in the garden if you get a pack of like 50 organic seeds for like 295, I think is the last price I paid for organic seeds, 295. And let's say you grow even one lettuce plant, you'll probably get more than $3 worth of lettuce from that plant. At least more way more than $3 worth if you plant all the 50 seeds. So, recognizing that we're always going to have these excuses, we're always going to have these reasons why we can't do anything, whether it's gardening, whether it's health, whether it's wealth, whatever it is, and checking ourselves and saying, hey, where's that thought coming from? Wait a second, is that even true? Is that belief that is popping up? Is that even true? And being able to be honest with ourselves, look in the mirror and be like, am I lying to myself right now? Am I making an excuse? And then just recognizing, hey, basically, the most simple way to grow food is you take. Good quality soil. You take an organic seed, you put it in the soil, you give it water every so often, you expose it to light, and then it's going to grow. I like that's the most simple way. Life is pretty intelligent, has this innate intelligence that's going to grow under most conditions. Then we get more in depth of uh, what's the best, you know, profile of the soil. Should I have more nitrogen? Should I have more, you know, whatever else? How much sun should it get? How much water should it get? We can go to all these little complexities, but the most basic way is if you take a seed, you put it in soil. You give it water and sunlight, it's probably gonna grow.
0: Yeah, that that makes it sound so easy, you know. It is <laughs> putting <laughs> it in those sure terms is. like, yeah, you think I gotta have this much land and you know, I gotta have these plants and stuff, but just having one plant, you know, like you said, one basil plant in your window sill, you know, that's 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 the start, you know, and everyone's gotta start somewhere, you know. You can't just have a whole farm you know one day you you just plant a million different seeds and you know you're a farmer or anything starting with one seed and one plant is again back to the basics
1: yeah and ryan you know a big thing with that too is i think people can try to do plant 50 different plants at once and they get overwhelmed and say oh everything Mm -hmm. died i'm not a good gardener i don't have a green thumb if you tried to work out every single day twice a day your first time working out you'd probably injure yourself and hate it too and say, oh, you know, working out's not for me. I think for most things in life, start with the baby steps and start with mastering the basics, just like we've been talking about this mm-hmm. whole time. All right, cool. So now I figure out if I have a basil plan in that window, I now know if I water it twice a week, leaving that one spot, don't do anything else, it's going to be okay. Okay, cool. I got that one down. Now I can stop thinking about that. All right, now what if I get a cilantro plant and just keep stacking it? one by one by one for me snap peas are one of the easiest things to grow in the world right now i know how to do them they're pretty easy get i build a little trellis usually just out of sticks and twine let them grow up don't think much about that spinach down pretty well lettuce down pretty well charred down pretty well carrots down like but that wasn't me just doing all those things at once it's like Mm -hmm. hey let me do these here you know kind of it's just experimenting Mm -hmm. just like anything just keep playing around and keep recognizing that, Hey, this is going to get easier. And the first year is always the hardest because you have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then every year it gets easier. And there's a lot of people that are like professional farmers for their career. And just like I said, my business took me three years. I'm entering year four now where I'm just trying to figure it out. It took them five years to figure out how to you know, run their farm. So if a farmer can take five years to figure out how to run their farm, you as the average person recognize, Hey, it may take you five years to be able to figure out how to keep your garden alive and healthy. And that's okay. There's not, this again, no instant gratification mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And that's what I love about plants. They teach us that you put, put a plant in the seed in the ground today. It's not going to sprout today. You're not going to get the fruit today. It's going to te- it's going to take time. So, you know, just be patient with it all and be patient with yourself and recognize, Hey, you have all the time in the world to keep playing around with it.
0: Yeah, And and in that time, you get to, you know, you get the opportunity to develop a relationship with it, you know, with whether it's just a pot, you know, in one single plant, you can, you get to watch it grow. I, I you know, seeing a, just like a little house plant of mine come out with a new leaf. I'm like, holy shit, this
1: is, yeah. you know, I'm like <laughs> excited. I'm like, yeah.
0: wow, this is so cool, you know, and they're now my friends, you know, before it's you know, and especially with food, if you're growing food, then it's like, by the time you harvest that it's like, you just, you raised your little child, you, you know, you watched him grow. And then you have that relationship. And that to me, that's, you know, so powerful and connecting with the earth to, to know and develop that relationship. You can know that instant gratification isn't there. It makes it much more powerful when it does fruit and then you can be grateful for the entire process too and so that's yeah that's i mean it's making me look around to to see which which window i can i can start planting because <laughs> oh <Hell> yeah <laughs> um yeah especially knowing that yeah falls coming through and i'm like shit i can't plan anything outside I, you know i gotta wait till next year you know but it's like wait i can go buy some you know maybe one light or you know go you know go on the the south side of my my apartment and you know the sun will still come in i can still still take the process and the time to to grow through winter now and um that's really cool it's taking one one step at a time and that translates into you know again yeah people think they got to do everything at once you know and get caught up and overwhelmed in just all aspects of life you know yeah like you said if you want to people want to work out you know all right i gotta go to the gym every single day you're gonna burn yourself out like and then yeah you're not gonna want to do it or you're gonna fail and then that failure is going to be a lot more heavy because you tried so many different things rather than just you know even if you just fail on one plant you know it's it's a a you know an easier lesson to take than doing five things and, and, you know, maybe killing all five plants. Um, and you can just start over. Um, Absolutely. yeah. And then I think I I just saw, um, that you released like a, a house plant, um, course too, which is, is really interesting to me. I always think about, the past couple of years, yeah, wanting to get house plants and every single one of them dies, you know, I'm like, why am I, what am I not doing? And this year, I think I finally figured something out, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is again, that relationship. I wake up every morning, tell them, Hey, good morning. How you doing? You know, are you thirsty? You need a little sunlight, you know, and understanding, understanding that, um, that process has been really cool for me. Um, what, what do you have to say about like houseplants and the, you know, um, your course and, uh, and that kind of connection to, to having those plants around the house?
1: Yeah, man. I think that houseplants are a great place to start. You know, if somebody says, Hey, you know, growing my own food is a little intimidating, it's a little challenging, start with a house plant. And that was a big intention of this mini course as well. I mean, it's only 29 bucks right now up until October 1st and it'll go up to its normal $49 price point, which I still think is very fair, um, more than fair. My goal is basically to have this, you you save money by buying this course. Because if you're buying a $20 plant every three weeks, by the time you, you know, you're six weeks in, you would have saved money just by buying the course to keep it alive. So that's basically my intention is that, yeah, you're investing a little bit of money into the course, but the goal is that you actually save money by buying the course by keeping plants alive. So, with that being said, it was exactly what you were saying. A lot of people are coming to me. Hey, I can't keep my houseplant alive. Why is this? Why is this plant dying? What am I doing wrong? All these little again challenges that I was getting frustrated. Like it shouldn't be that simple, that difficult to keep a houseplant alive. And so then I was like, all right. So let me figure out what are the common challenges people are coming from, and the most common thing that people do is they over care for their plants, they overwater their plants, because most of these plants aren't getting sunlight, like they would be outdoors, they're not connected to the earth, where their water can drain out. So sometimes the roots are just soaking in water and rotting out. So they don't have proper drainage, so many different factors. But, you know, basically, the main intention is to make it simple for people to have houseplants, keep them alive, and not only alive, but thriving, you know, talking about quality soil, talking about fertilization, all these little things. So talking about trimming, like a lot of the little modules, you know, some of the videos are two minutes, some of them are 15 minutes. Um, I think there's like eight or 10 modules um, in there. So again, it's a quick course, mini course. Um, It tends to be simple, digestible, no fluff. Um, And yeah, I think that having houseplants around has, I share in that course about how, you know, having my lucky bamboo plants that have gotten me through a lot, I got eight of them. I think it was, Probably nearly 10 years ago. And one of them are still alive. They just were in water. So basically having no access to any soil, no nutrition, and just realizing how hardy plants can be just by being in water for almost a decade. And one of them still alive. And one of them, I'm actually kind of annoyed. I went away recently and forgot, left in the sunny window and it dried out. So that was that's just human error. You know, that happened. So I was upset about that. But I still got one left. So that's pretty cool how this one has lasted 10 years, but, um, yeah, I think the more we can have plants around us, I just think in general, the more nature we can bring into our homes, the better. Um, you know, I got two plants there. I got four over there, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 11 plants in this room. You know, I'm always looking to find places to put more without, um, driving my girlfriend crazy. But, um, yeah. So I think they're really important to have in the house to clean the air out. You know, it, it grounds me. It helps to balance out the electromagnetic frequencies that are going on. There's so many different benefits we can dive into. But yeah, I would, you know, anybody interested, be more than happy to hook you up with that um, course. You know, it's a good, good, good deal. Twenty nine bucks for it right now. And um, yeah, I'd love to uh, get that word out and see how much money you're saving when you, after you get that course.
0: I know that that's something that holds me back sometimes, you know, it's like, fuck, I want all these plants, you know, and I want the nature around me and and that connection and those friends to be living with and stuff. But I'm like, I know if I'm going to spend this much money, then they might die and then I'm going to have to buy more. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely could be beneficial to, for me, at least, you know, I know that to, to look in that to my, for myself. Um, Uh, well, we, uh, you know, talked a lot about, you know, whole, whole health connections, your, your ice and iron, um, your gardening and, and plant course and stuff. Uh, is there anything else that you, you got going on or, or
1: the works coming up or anything like that? Yeah, I'd say those are the main pieces. I mean, within Whole Health Connections, a lot of layers between my podcast, between you know the courses I have. I also have a wellness course called Foundations of Wellness I did with one of my buddies, who's also a Czech practitioner and functional medicine guy. So that's a pretty cool course. Um, you know, I got the period business, um, different products I work with. You know there's a lot of different layers and then starting a group coaching thing coming in October. Um, so that'll be really, really fun. Um, I really love the group coaching environment. I found that up by mm-hmm. being a part of Purium and you know, being able to coach my team, be coached by other people and just recognize like there's a lot again, come back to community. How can I bring more community together, get more people connected and all that? So yeah, I'd say the best place to learn more about that, all the stuff I'm doing is on Instagram at Whole Health Connections or my website, wholehealthconnects.com. Um, you know, you can find the links on both of those uh, where people can learn more and all that. But man, I appreciate you having me on. It's been nice yeah, to uh, chop it up with you. And um, yeah, hopefully anybody listening, you know, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram. I Always love just connecting with new people. You know if you follow me I try to do my best to send a message to my new followers just to see what's up. I mean a lot of people don't respond and that's totally cool too. You know, I just you know but those that do respond, you know, you're the people I want to talk to. So <laughs> hit me up if you want to chat you know I'll try to send you a message as well. Doesn't always happen. Sometimes you know I miss it, get caught you know, fall behind on it. But you know, shoot me a message and we'd love to uh chat with all you wonderful human beings out there.
0: Yeah man it's been an honor to uh Conversate with you and and dive into your story and, and the message and you know the offerings that you put out into the world. So uh yeah, I definitely encourage anybody to who's listening to this to definitely dive into whole health connections and and walk across that bridge and and see what's on the other side.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you, brother.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Summit to Soul Mountain with Rob Carney. The simplicity rob's teachings he shares here are really profound and i can already see them impacting my life i encourage you to try them for yourself and see what happens and to check out his ebooks and new houseplant course as well for a deep dive into those topics as i continue to summit soul mountain and search for my soul as always remember that i am so grateful for your ears your
1: heart and who you are stay healthy my friends